0: And I'll never be the same, for I've seen faithful love face to face. And what's the last line? And Jesus is his name. Jesus had that effect on people. After they met him face to face, they were never the same. They either tried to kill him or destroy those that he had established as his followers and disciples, or they gave their whole lives to him. The first disciples were a people who served. When you read the New Testament, you're struck by that. We're going to look at some passages from the book of Acts today as we continue determining what it will take to have first century conviction in a 2020 church, and as we look to those first disciples, it is the one thing that stands out all the time, that they were willing to serve. As our shepherd, Galen Siegler prayed earlier, we pray that we will have that same passion, that same burning desire to serve, in whatever way we're called to do so. And as we'll see today by looking at one example of one disciple in that group, they served in all kinds of different ways. Serving one another is a part of our 2020 vision, to reach in, growing in love and unity. And so from the earliest days, we see that in these first disciples We've seen some of these verses that we're looking at from Acts chapter 2 during our communion time. We've heard Jonathan share in such a wonderful way about not only the vertical, but also the horizontal part of the cross. That's the horizontal and vertical parts of our discipleship, of our relationship with God, because you cannot separate our relationship with God from our relationship with one another. Jesus said that you can't, you must do what I have commanded you to do, and that is to love others as I have loved you. And so, a part of that never being the same that we just sang about is how we treat one another, and specifically how we serve one another. So, in Acts chapter 2, as the first sermon is being preached, and the church is beginning on that day of Pentecost, we read these words as Luke records Peter's sermon summing up in a sense. I don't know that he was expecting it to end so abruptly because I think the crowd had heard enough and they were ready to respond. But he says in verse 36, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah, or Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? That's the question you ask when you see faithful love face to face. Because you're struck by your own sinfulness in the midst of the holiness of God. Verse 40, with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day, and the church was off and running. And what did they do first? What is the first description of this early church, these first disciples? Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And that last verse is almost, it seems like an add-on by Luke. As he speaks about these first disciples and the burning desire they had to serve to serve one another and everyone in the community that they would come in contact with. Everyone was filled with awe. Everyone saw the change that faithful love had made in these disciples and these people. They saw how they served. They saw how they gave. They saw how they sacrificed. They saw how they met every single day. They couldn't get enough of each other. And they couldn't get enough Of their Lord. And so the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. How does that happen? Well, everybody wanted to be a part. When you see something like that, you ask the question that they ask on the day of Pentecost What do I do to be able to get in on this? What must I do to be saved? What must I do to be a part of this group? That serves. This was a great need of the first century disciples, especially after the inclusion of the Gentiles. Not many years from this point, God sends His Spirit in another incredible, miraculous way in Acts chapter 10 and ushers the first non Jewish converts into the group of disciples. And the way that they were able to make that merge happen is they served. They served each other. This was a priority for the church from the very beginning, and it certainly needs to be a priority for the 2020 church as well. One example of a person who served is Barnabas. When you see his story and you track it through the book of Acts, you're you see several different incidences that Luke includes about Barnabas. And so a few things this morning about Barnabas that we can allow this disciple to challenge us to be a people who serve. First of all, we're introduced to Barnabas in Acts chapter 4, and he served by giving. He served by giving. This this idea of being willing to share everything you have for the people who don't have as much or are in need is seen at the very start. And it continues on throughout the, the chapters in the book of Acts, including in Acts chapter 4, beginning in verse 32. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Verse 36, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. This man Barnabas, apparently that wasn't his given name, his given name was Joseph, maybe his name was Joseph Barnabas something, but he went by Joseph until the church. And in the church, this was a man who served and encouraged so much, and it was so much a part of his being and his life that the apostles started calling him that. (laughs) Son of encouragement. Barnabas. And yes, we are still going to be starting our encouragement card ministry, and no, it's not today, but it will be soon. And we have a lot of people that are anxious to help with that. And it will give us the opportunity to write little short notes of encouragement each Sunday. That we too can become sons and daughters of encouragement, even more so than we're already doing. Our dear sweet sisters, Callie and her mom, Rachel, are in uh, Club Med, as they call it, in Dallas clements hospital and she did have a successful transplant double lung and kidney amazing we're concerned for them for for callie's sister Krista, and we just our hearts go out to them and our hearts go out to you as they watch on live stream and as others do as well such a so many gifts for them So many sacrifices, so much love, so much prayer that they genuinely feel. We serve in a lot of different ways by giving. Several gave a few hours the other night to help one of our members move. From a house in the south part of town to a house about 10 minutes closer to here, with a whole lot of stuff and not quite as whole lot of house. (laughs) And we appreciate so much all of those who served and gave. And it was a crowd. It was a crowd. And we appreciate it so very much. And so many others who wanted to help but couldn't and who prayed for us and continue to pray for us through these days pray for us with our daughter amanda's brain surgery coming up on thursday in arlington pray for us in so many ways and and have ever since we came and not just us not just us there are lots of times when people have helped others move One of my favorite bumper stickers I saw was on the back of a pickup truck, and it said simply this, yes, this is my truck, no, I will not help you move. (laughs) I didn't notice if that was on any of the trucks that were at our house the other night, but uh, whether they were or not, that wasn't their feeling. It was such a blessing. But so many other ways that people serve by giving, including financially, and that's certainly what we see from Barnabas here. Gave his own property. But he didn't just give his own property. He was willing to take that combined gift from the church and and distribute it to those who had need. In Acts chapter 11, beginning at verse 27, During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, verse 29, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul, who would soon have his name changed also to Paul. But the church saw that there was going to be hard times and and they saw that there was a lot of difficulty as the Gentiles were coming in and being baptized more and more, especially right here at this very contemporary, very thriving church at Antioch of Syria. And so they said, let's help. Let's help. And they pulled their money together and they got it all together and they said, who would go? And it would be Barnabas and Saul. Barnabas served by giving the 2020 church serves by giving everything we have our money yes but our time our energy our encouragement our support we're willing to give because we're willing to serve we are a people who serve secondly about Barnabas Barnabas served by befriending Barnabas served by befriending I put that word in there just so that you would have a lot of letters to write in the blank. Barnabas served by befriending. There was a man whose name was Saul. He was from Tarsus. He was the man who was the point man for the Jews as they tried to persecute and destroy the church. And then he had an instance where he saw faithful love face to face on the road to Damascus. And after being blinded and praying and fasting for three days, Ananias, one of the disciples, came to him and and gave him the response of faith and what that means for Saul. And he called on him to be baptized and wash his sins away. And now here's Saul. He's persona non grata. He can't go anywhere. He can't go back to the Jews. He's now a part of the enemy. In fact, very soon he would become the most wanted of all. And he can't go to the disciples. They think he's gone there to, to put them in jail or to beat them or have them killed, which was exactly the truth. That's why he had gone to Damascus. And so what is, what is he to do? Well, there's got to be somebody that can help the others see that this man is legit. He's on the level that he's really made a turn. Who would that be? Verses 26-31 through 31 of Acts 9. When he came to Jerusalem, Saul tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. Not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas, verse 27, took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Hellenistic Jews, but they tried to kill him. So when the believers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. And part of the reason for that is that its worst enemy is now a convert, a disciple. But who knew? (laughs) In fact, when God called Ananias to go talk to him, Ananias tried to talk Jesus out of it. Look, I know about this guy. He's He's a dangerous man. You don't want to send old Ananias there. But Jesus said, yeah, he's my he's my servant. And you are too. So when he tried to join himself to the disciples in Jerusalem, including the apostles, they didn't trust him. They, they thought this is all a ploy. And who knew different? Who knew different other than Saul trying to pretend to be a disciple, pretend to be a convert, going through all of this story, telling everybody what he's doing, actually preaching in the name of the one he wants to destroy, just so he can get in that inner circle. Because at this time, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors in hidden places to save their lives. But it was Barnabas who went to them and who went to Saul and brought him. And the disciples decided, well, we trust Barnabas, so I guess we'll trust Saul as well. And then that interesting story in Acts chapter 15 where Paul and Barnabas had been on one mission journey and now they were going on another. And during the first one, a relative of Barnabas, probably his cousin by the name of John Mark, later would write the gospel of Mark, be one who Simon Peter called his son in the gospel just like Paul spoke of Timothy and Titus but on that first journey John Mark was a little scared or a little tired or a little worried or a little homesick or something and left and went back home to Jerusalem and so when it came time to go again Barnabas of course is wanting to take John Mark with him as we know this story Paul says no 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 he backed out before But Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, verse 37 says. Paul said, no, he deserted us before. And it was such a sharp disagreement that the two parted company. Paul and Barnabas had such a split in their relationship at this time that Barnabas says, I'm taking him. And Saul says, I'm not going with you if you do. And so Satan probably thought, I've got a a wedge in there. I've split up two brothers, two very active missionaries, two very strong leaders of the church. I've split them up, and now I can split the whole church because, as we know, everybody takes sides. But instead, instead, God's Holy Spirit took over. And instead of one mission team of three men, you had two mission teams a four and then five when Timothy was added because Barnabas goes one way and takes Mark, Paul goes another way and takes Silas, another man who had been working there at the church in Antioch, and then they find this young man by the name of Timothy. And he becomes a part of their journey as well. None of those things would have happened had not someone found Barnabas, uh, someone found Saul and befriended him, and that person was Barnabas. Everyone needs somebody at times to vouch for them. To say, this one's okay. Barnabas served by befriending. Finally, Barnabas served by sharing. In Acts 11, we're introduced to this incredible church in Antioch. And they have such a story... In Acts 11, beginning at verse 19, after the Gentiles come into the church in Acts 10, then Peter has to go back to Jerusalem and explain why he would go and not just go into Cornelius' house and eat with him, but actually baptize him. Now that story is going out. And so verse 19 of Acts 11, Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed in Acts chapter 6, they traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Stephen, one of those those seven men chosen in Acts 6 along with Philip and others. And then Stephen's great powerful sermon in Acts 7 that brought about his death. And Saul's persecution in Acts 8 drove them out of the city of Jerusalem, except for the apostles who stayed. Well, now that we're seeing the gospel spread, and now it's spread to the Gentiles in Acts chapter 10. And so some of them, verse 20 of Acts 11, some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch of Syria, north of, of Jerusalem, and began to speak to Greeks also, Gentiles, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, verse 22. And so who would you send to help this church, to encourage this church, to share with this church, to serve this church? They sent Barnabas to Antioch from Jerusalem. When he arrived and saw the grace, what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. This is Barnabas. This is a man who was a servant. Everywhere he went, he served. And everywhere he went, he had an impact. And so they knew exactly that he was the guy to send to Antioch with this new church, these new disciples, this mixture of Jew and Gentile, unlike any other church that's being described right now. Who do we send? Let's send Barnabas. Why? Because he's a servant. And so he went and he saw all of this and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Again, you see this pattern throughout the book of Acts. As the church continues to serve, the church continues to speak, which we'll talk about next Sunday in a very focused way. The church grew. Because the community saw something that they didn't see in everybody else who spoke. They saw genuineness. They saw passion. They saw Conviction. Conviction that was even willing to have their lives destroyed over it. Verse 25, then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. One of only three occurrences of the term Christian in the New Testament. Lots of times spoken of disciples. In the Gospels and in Acts, but this is the first, and it's in Antioch. This church that is reaching out to Jew and Gentile, to anyone in the community who will let them serve them, let them speak to them about what has changed their life, and who will respond. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. They send Barnabas. Barnabas goes and is a great source of encouragement and service by sharing his life. He goes and finds Saul of Tarsus and together they help this church and are ultimately sent out as missionaries. Barnabas served by sharing. He shared his encouragement. He shared the gospel. They sent him there and he helps them and he leads them and he demonstrates what a disciple looks like and they preach the word and they share it with everyone that would listen and the church grew Barnabas served by sharing he shared the work he reached out to Saul and said come join us we need you you can help here you're just the guy we need Barnabas served by giving. Barnabas served by befriending. Barnabas served by sharing. The conviction of the first century disciples led them to be a people who served. The 2020 church must share this conviction with the first century disciples. And that is to be a people who serve. Jesus said, everyone will know that you're my disciple if you love one another. If you have unity in spite of all of your differences. If you are one the way I am one in the Father and the Father is in me. They demonstrated that love and that unity for everyone. Beginning with their own family of disciples and then reaching out to everyone around they were a people who served. The 2020 church must share that conviction with the first disciples. We too must be a people who serve. This morning, if you need help and encouragement doing that, we are a family of encouragement. We are a family of Christ. We are a family of people who serve. Come as we stand sing our song together.